Hola, this is Lorena Junco Margain, and I'm so excited for this journey. We decided to launch this podcast to share my story with the hope that you could connect the dots of your life and truly be on your way. Today on On My Way, Lorena is joined by model, fashion designer, and philanthropist Camila Alves, who recalls her childhood in Brazil and why she got so much of her sense of fashion and ambition from her mother. She talks about the organization she founded, Women of Today, and their goal of helping women come together to learn from each other so they can do better for themselves, their families, and communities. She and Lorena emphasize that to give one's time and kindness to others is nearly always a more valuable gift than money. Now to today's episode. Thank you for having the time. I know you're a very busy woman and it means the world to me that you're giving me not only time, but love and our friendship goes beyond many things. You have been instrumental in my healing process. And before that, I wanted to tell you, thank you. Oh, you're sweet. Thank you for wanting to talk to me and share this time together too. And wanting me to be, to be a part of what you're building. So part of my mission with On My Way podcast is just if we can help each other connect the dots in our, you know, traveling self. So I have done either a surgeon or a building biologist and all the things that had helped me heal. And one thing that is very important, and I think that you do magnificently, is community building. But first of all, I would like to share what common things we have, things in common we have. So I know you're from Brazil, so I would love it if you can give us a little bit of context of where you grew up, how did that look, and how you got to the United States? Yes, absolutely. So I'm from Brazil. I'm from Belo Horizonte, uh, born and raised. Uh, Belo Horizonte is a big city in Brazil, but I was, um, you know, I come from a family of small town folks, right? So my dad is a farmer. He's still a farmer until today. My mom comes from a small town as well, but my mom is an artist. So it was a very interesting household because I went from, you know, very uh, simple and um, basics um, of, you know, being working on farmland and learning about farming and all of that uh, for the whole side of the family to my mom doing sculptures and arts and, you know, like the whole thing. And she also was a fashion designer. So, you know, she used to, I watched my mom going to work every day on high hills and really like, you know, fashionable uh, clothes and all of that. So it was a kind of uh, two dynamic worlds, right? Very different, but that's how, that's how I, I grew up. And then at age 15, as I always have to remind myself, but at age 15, I um, came into the United States. And what, what brought you to the United States? Um, at that time was really to just come and, um, you know, visit my aunt at an aunt that lived here. Well, she still lives here. Uh, she's in Florida now. And, um, you know, she, she was going through some, some things and we came over me and my mom, but it was one of those things that I got on the plane and I looked at my mom and this was 15 years old. And I looked at my mom and I said, you know, I don't think I'm coming back. 
And she said to me, huh? You had that feeling. Yes. And she looked at me and she said, I know you're not. And that was it. And like, we didn't, did not talk about it again. And, you know, I was 15. I came with like all my school stuff. I had a suitcase full of books and, you know, ready to come back. And um, I stayed and kind of the, the rest is history. I, I love that you're so brave. Were you already fluent in English? Was that something you already had under your sleeve or you truly had to work on that? No. So all I needed to say was, hi, how are you? Um, my name is Camilla. How much is this? And I'm sorry, I don't speak English. That's and how far is my... Look where you are right now. That's fascinating. <laughs> duplicating in so many ways. I know you have a very, very strong presence in Brazil and you build community there as well, but the United States adores you. They they see you as a like a, a connector. They see you as a very bold woman who has been on different facets. Tell us about your modeling career, first of all. How yeah. did that start? And you know what's what's strange though, because you bring up Brazil and The reality is that actually somehow, and I don't even know how this happened, but probably because I left Brazil so early at such an early age, right? I kind of build my life in the United States. I actually have a bigger community in the United States than in Brazil, right? It's kind of the world's kind of flipped in a way. Um, So you're right. I did stay to model. You know, I came to visit and I stayed and I started doing modeling. That was the main reason why I stayed. And, but I couldn't start modeling into, you know, and everybody that is an immigrant in this country know the whole process of getting, you know, the paperwork and all of that. It's quite an extensive process. So it was a process where I had to wait to start working as a model. So from 15 to the age 19, I I did not start modeling until I was 19 years old, uh, which it's old to start modeling, by the way, right? At that, back then. I don't know about that world, so paint that a little bit for us. Yeah, I mean, usually, you know, you start modeling really early on, you know, when you're like on your, some some girls start at 14, 15, you know. So I started at 19, which is, it's a pretty, to start, that's an old age to start. Um, and, but in between that, I had to, you know, I had to earn, earn a living and support myself over here in the United States. So I started to, you know, I didn't speak English. So I started um, looking for, you know, like, what can I do to earn money that it's honest, right? That I don't need the language. And because I, like I said, I really didn't speak much of English. So I started cleaning houses, okay? Because we grew up in a situation in Brazil where, you know, we were middle, middle class and we had people working our households and all of that. We didn't have to worry about it. But my dad always told me and my brother, you know, like you can be a queen, you can be a king, but if you don't know how to take care of your palace, what happens when the staff doesn't show up? Like, what do you do? So we grew up. That's a very powerful analogy, like an empowering one. Yeah, it's very much so. So we grew up, you know, again, we, you know, we had everything growing up and we had people that work in our household, but we grew up learning how to do those things. So because of that, I knew how to take care of a home. I knew how to handle things. So I went, you know what? I know how to do it. It's an honest job. I'm going to, you know, look for jobs into cleaning houses. So I did that. I used to clean houses during the day. And then I would take English classes at a community uh, college. 
in um, Redondo Beach. By then I was by in the Bay Area, uh, I should say Bay Area, but Redondo Beach and uh, Hermosa Beach area in LA. And um, so I would do that, you know, I didn't have a car. I used to ride my cousin's uh, little bike. You know, my cousin was, I think at the time, like 10 years old. I used to ride her little bike to the school. Uh, we had the most amazing teacher. I wish, I, I actually went back and tried to find her. And I was not able to, I mean, I did up her so much, but it, it, I couldn't find her. But she, we had this amazing teacher because she was teaching, you know, it was at nighttime. So she was teaching English to people that came from all over the world. The class was very uh, international, but she would teach for people that, you know, were like from Mexico that didn't know how to read and write in Spanish. And she was trying to teach them English, right? So like it was she and she would like jump on top of the table. We'll be in the classroom, but oh my gosh, and she was older. She was, she was, I don't even know how old she was, probably in her, you know, early 80s back then. And and she would be like, oh my gosh, she's gonna hurt herself, you know what I mean? She's gonna die in the classroom with us. Um, she would come and pick us up. Like, you know, if we say, you know what, we don't have a ride or it's it's rainy, I can't, you know, we can't ride the bike or whatever, she would come and pick us up at our houses to make it to class. So I did that for a while. And then as I started to learn um, English better, I, I started to then look for other jobs. So it was always like, okay, well, you know, I, I'm meant to do something else. So what is it that I need to do? So I kept on that search. So I went from cleaning houses to work as a hostess, to work at a store, to work at a restaurant. Practicing your English, right? Practicing my English. So my first restaurant job was in a Mexican restaurant. And the reason why, it's because their menu was all numbers. <laughs> so you would say number 21? That's it. So I didn't have too much. You know, it was like this small restaurant. It was like, and you go and you go, what number? And they tell you the number and you put it back there and come back in an hour again. You know, like just trying to survive and make it make not you know make a living your resilience because in those times you still didn't have FaceTime and all these tools were, where you would keep in communication with your family so you're a pretty brave person to stay in like developing years in, in your adult adolescence and and just I mean push forward that's pretty amazing Yes, thank you, babe. You know, we have a joke because I used to, Matthew used to make jokes. He used to, he still messes with me actually because, you know, I used, I used to use the calling cards. That's how I kept up with my family. I don't know if, you know, if you ever use them, but, you know, if anybody that, you know, it's a, on a low budget is the calling cards you pay oh, yes. $5. Number. You scratch it up $5 and it gives, you know, a thousand minutes you can talk to and stuff. So that was, that's how we stay connected. Wow. So you're 19 by now. You have a, did, did, did you land a professional or did, did it start slowly? So I'm 19 now. I, my modeling, um, you know, the, the agency called me and they're like, okay, you know, you, you, we have everything that we need. Come to New York. By then I had already, you know, now I'm a few years in the United States. I'm speaking English. You know, I'm working at a restaurant, um, an Italian restaurant. And it was a really hard one. It was like, you had to, anyway, we don't need to get into it because we're going to a longer conversation on that. But it was like, uh, it was a very hard place to work work at, but it was a very family oriented, right? And it was actually one of the first times in my life that somebody really challenged me because I remember 
I went to, because what happened was, Lorena, it got to a time where I was working on the Mexican restaurant and the Italian restaurant at the same time, okay? So I work on the Ita Mexican restaurant during the day. I'll drive to the Italian restaurant. I'll change clothes in the car. I'll put this car seat down, change clothes in the car, run to the Italian restaurant to punch in on time and start the shift to work as a hostess, right? In the Italian restaurant. But when you are a hostess, you don't make tips. So I was like, I'm going to quit the Italian restaurant. I'm going to go just work in the Mexican that the restaurant double shift so I can make more tips. And when I went to quit the Italian, the owners were two New Yorkers, okay? And they cussed it, like, you know, they talked a very you know, New Yorker kind of different way than I grew up and was used to. So I walked into a restaurant to quit, and one of the owners was in a meeting, and he looked up, and he, in the middle of his meeting, he goes, you don't, can we cuss here? Are we allowed to cuss here or not? <laughs> you can bleep if I cuss it. What should I say? <laughs> well, anyway, he goes, he looked at me and he goes, you're not F, you know, you're not coming here to tell me what, you know, what you came here to tell me. And I was like, you know, I had never had anybody cuss at me like that, you know, use the F word to me like that. And I was like, so I was taken back and he goes, you sit down, I'll come talk to you. And I was like, okay. So I sat down and I was waiting and he came and talked to me and he was like, you know, why you're quitting? I explained to him and he said to me, he goes, you know what? He goes, if Ruben can do it, then why can you not? And Ruben was a, he's from Mexico and he started as a bus boy in the restaurant and his English was not good either. And he became one of the managers at the restaurant. Very inspiring. I mean, how people invent and reinvent themselves just to. That's it. So he said to me, he goes, you know, if, if he can do it, why you cannot? And it was the first time that I went, you know what? You, you're right. It's like, I, I, and I told him, but I put, I put rule. I said, I, I will try. I said, I'll try my very best. As long as you have patience with me, you guys have patience. And as long as you guys, you guys don't, do not cuss at me. Good. And, I, and he was like, deal. He's like, deal. So I was working at the restaurant and I got a, um, I got a call from New York from the modeling agency the way that I got a modeling agency in New York is I was dating a musician at a time. Okay. And he will go on tours and, you know, we're, date, we're dated for a few years. And he was like, you know, um, I would go visit him on tour, whatever, you know, he was some here and there. And he was going to be in New York. And he said, why don't you come, come with, and then you can go see modeling agencies there. So I did, and I went on all the modeling agencies that are in New York. I went to every single one of them, and they all say no to me. How come? Um, different things. Sometimes they wouldn't even explain it, you know, but they all say no to me. And then I had one last agency at the end of the day. I remember it was like already getting to nighttime, and I had walking around all day with my portfolio under my arm going to, you know, and I was just like, and I was sad. I was crying before going into the meeting because I was like, I was like, God, you know, you, you brought me here. You got me here. I don't know why. Right. Like, like I have to, you know, if this is not meant to be for me, then, then take me back to Brazil, to my culture, to my family, to all of that. And I went to the last meeting and they said, yes, they took me. So you can call this destiny serendipity, but that was actually a blessing, right? 
and you never quit. I think that's also very important. You uh, you knew what you wanted. You were not married to in what shape or form that would present, but you, you're, I mean, you're fearless. And I love that about you, that you have a, you're very objective oriented. And I think I have a lot to learn from that. No, you've been kind. You've been kind. I think that, you know, Lenina, when you're talking about objective, I think that one thing that really guided me through the journey, right? And the journey is really long, right? Because I, I go, I start modeling, but then I have to go back to Brazil. They almost kept me in Brazil. And I had one of those moments again of like, God, like, you know, that if I have something important to do in the United States, take me back, figure out the solution. If not, let me be in Brazil. And all of a sudden everything works out and I'm back here. So you, you have those things. But I think that the one thing that, you know, it's it guided me through the journey was always to try to do the right thing, you know, because if you work hard and you try to do the right thing, if something doesn't work out, then it's like, okay, it was not meant to be for me. And if whatever the end result is, I can put my head on the pillow and say, okay, I went, you know, I did by um, respectful ways, by, you know, by the right way. You know what I mean? Like, even like, I remember when I was cleaning houses, right? So this musician that I, dated for many years right he come pick me up when I was cleaning houses and he had a nicer car than the owner of the house and they're like looking at me going you getting in that car that's you know they're like why are you cleaning my house and I'd be like well that's his it's not mine right kind of thing and then you know at one point he actually wanted to get married to help with the situation for the you know the papers to go faster or you know and mm-hmm. and he wanted to get married and all of that and I was like well that's not you know, I didn't come here to just do that. You know what I mean? Like I needed to find the right person, my right journey and all of that. So not just picking the easy route, but the the right route, route in your heart. Yes. And I think being um, very attuned to what you want. And I think you have a very um, strong moral compass and you're attuned on who is Camila. So to all our friends listening, what would you recommend them, uh, broadly speaking, spiritually? Is there, like, do you have a guiding principle? Is it do what you love? Or what is your mantra? What What can you share with us about that? You know, I think that as, as human beings, I think that we all have a connection to everything that's around us, right? I think that our spirituality is extremely strong and present. And that a lot of times, just because of how we live our lives, the culture here, you know, you're from Mexico, you know that that's, you know, I'm from Brazil. We know that if you're from South America, from, you know, it's just, that's more uh, pronounced, right? That connection with the spiritual world, the connection with mother nature, the connection with whatever your religion is, whatever it is that you follow. So I think that a lot of times, a lot of times, not every time, not every time, but a lot of times, the, the answers are there. The answers are there for us to see. The beauty is there for us to appreciate. The blessings are, are there for us to take it. And I think that it takes, you know, moments of pause, moments of reconnection, moments of quiet um, to really be able to see them, experience them, and act upon it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And actually, my oldest daughter, Lore, her screensaver says, God feelings are your guardian angels. And that goes back to spirituality being felt in the body. So 
what are the signs? Are things flowing? Am I doing the right thing? Is it something that it takes, you know, my time when I'm, in, you know, in my quiet moment? So for everyone listening, this is a very complicated year. It's been one of reinvention. It's been one of patience, of tolerance. What do you suggest in, in a world with so much division? Have you always have like a practice towards centering? Uh, is it through exercise or what is your language? I've seen that you, through your platform, Women of Today, you've created this um, showing up every day, doing exercise. And I've always loved how natural, how real you are. You're not, uh, you know, pretending, posing, faking perfection. And I think that it's very, you're very approachable and easy to connect with. Um, is that a skill that you learned or have you simply always been that, that way? <laughs> no, I mean, if, if it was a skill, then it wouldn't be natural, right? Um, and I, I never really, and I don't know, I don't know, Lorena, you know, sometimes I think, you know what, maybe I should, you know, maybe if I did a little bit more of that, then maybe things would be a bit more, you know, evolved on different ways. But I just don't have it in my heart. I was actually just having a conversation about this with somebody last night because, you know, I'm seeing, I was seeing something in the news and it's this person with this person and then, you know, whatever, this relationship thing and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I just don't, I just don't have it on me to pretend to act uh in a certain way to get this right now I think that we all as individuals have the ability to well let me enhance this part of myself or let me enhance that part of myself based on certain situations different situations that you are in but I just don't have it's just not on it's just not on me even modeling even modeling like You know, I, it's so many times I would be like, you know, between me and this girl, me and that girl for like really big jobs, right? And I would see what the girls did and how they acted to get those jobs. And I'd be like, I just didn't have it on me. I'm just like, I just can't do that. Like, that's not how I was raised. And I think it goes back a lot to how I was raised and the morals that I was raised with. And your the concept of family unit, I see that we share that a lot. And I think it's also a very strong culture in Latin America that it, it is a very family-based society. And I see wonders on what you've done with your kids. So like, I appreciate you're very consistent, even if you, your professional life, your personal life, you're the same person, you're the same Camila. And I think that speaks highly and I would invite everyone to express themselves as their true version, because I think that's the only way where you will naturally share your gifts and, and be attuned to, to what interests are really important to you. Is that right? It's so true. And the reality is that, you know, we all come here with a mission, with a purpose. We all have different purposes. We all have different things, right? And we all have different talents and different ways of going about it and different looks and different beauties and all, you know what I mean? Different opinions and all of that. So, you know, when you started your, your question with, hey, you know, in a time that is so divided and all of that, what do you do to recharge and things as a compass? You know, and for me, what I try to do is, you know, number one, let's accept more of our differences, right? I feel like everybody's trying to like, oh, we have to be equal. We have to be equal. Well, I understand in terms of having equality in terms, well, you know, equality on pay, equality on rights and all of that. But the reality 
is that as human beings and human interaction and how we look and we all diff, we all unique, right? So I think that embracing, if we take the challenge of embracing more of that beauty and the differences, I think it will also help level out how people look at each other in different cultures differently, right? So if you start looking at the beauty that that culture has, the beauty that that person has, what's the beauty in their work, on their creation, on how they talk, how they go about their day, what holidays they celebrate that we don't. To start seeing the beauty of it, I think it's a great compass. Yes, we find our common interests and it's unifying if if we would all express in our own true way. Exactly, exactly, you know. And I think that helping others, Lorena, is extremely important. You know, I think that a lot of times people get cut off on what it's really just going on with them, which right now everybody has an overload of things happening to them. And it's, it, and it's everybody in the whole world. Like everybody's getting hit one way or another with the situation that we're dealing now, right? I agree. And also um, what I've observed with your, you know, uh, observing your history, even the professional one, I think that you have always been... Going back to family, when you started the food company, it was to give your kids a better opportunity on eating clean. So I would love if I would love if you can share with us, like, what are the most important values that you have and how they have shown in your trajectory? Ooh, that's a hard one. That's a hard one because there's so many values, you know, so many values. I feel that women of today encompasses all of them. Is that right? Yeah. So women of today really started as a, as, as a love, right? So to tell you how women of today started really quickly, basically, you know, I went for modeling, right? So then going back a little bit in the story, so I moved to New York City. I brought my family from Brazil to the United States. Then slowly they all went back to Brazil. Then I lived all over the world. Like I went all over the place. I lived in Greece. I lived in France and Italy, you know, Africa, Israel. I lived in Israel. I was all over the place, living out of a suitcase. Then I came back and my mom was now living in the United States and she wanted to start a business. So we started a handbag company together. Were you a mother already or not? No, no, no. I hadn't. I did not even, um, I had not met Matthew yet. So I was, um, I was dating another musician at a time. Oh, me and the musicians. I don't know what to do on that one. There's a common thread there. <laughs> I was dating. Do you know this musician? Called, his name is Maxwell. Do you know him? No, I don't. Oh, he's got the I most amazing he's voice. Yes. He's, he's got the most amazing voice. And that's who I thought I was going to marry. Um, and I just found out the other day that uh, uh, he wrote a song. For our broke up, it's called Pretty Wings. It's a beautiful song, actually. Um, but you know, I was dating a musician, my mom is back there. So we started like I was in New York and going back and forth, you know. And we went to a really bad breakup, break breakup situation. And I went to LA to be with my mom. So we started doing the handbags, which is the Mukso handbags. So we did the handbags. I was modeling, modeling at the same time. And Cut to, we did the handbags for over 10 years. We had it on QVC. I used to go on QVC and do all the selling and all that kind of stuff. And I remember you you being a visionary because I remember some years ago when the fringes trended, you're like, I did that 10 years ago. And that's pretty amazing. You're ahead of the, ahead. I know, but that I cannot take credit for. That was all my mom. 
my mom was really, really like ahead of the time. She taught me how to do those things, which I really didn't know how to make handbags and stuff like that. Um, we literally started in the apartment. We used to make handbags in the car all night long, like, you know, and if the police will pass by, we'll hide it in the car and then we'll look at each other going, why are we hiding? We're not doing drugs. We're just making handbags. Like what's, what's wrong with us? Like we're, we're fine. Like, you know, and we're doing, so like, that's how we started. And we did it for over 10 years. And then I stepped down from that. And was, you know, was having, by now I'm having my third child. And I started to say, you know what, I'm not going to work. I'm going to take a pause from this. I'm going to just be with the kids. And uh, I started to just share. And at that time was really with like a small group of people, like things that, you know, I like to do, which is the cooking, the, the kids activities, the arts and crafts and all of that. And what I started noticing is that all the other places that I'll travel around the world, you know, and, and places that I lived, and even the South of the United States, the community was a lot bigger. And when you, I came back to the major cities and, and, or other places in the United States, you know, United States, it was just very small. The community was very small, like around you. You had, you know, your handful of friends, people you knew and kind of, it was hard to get things done, hard to have broader conversations and broader topics. So I started Women of Today, right? In a way, it was like I was doing, I was doing the baby food. Then I forget about not working. I started doing the baby food company. I was like, I can't, I gotta work. So I started doing the baby food company, Yummy Spunkles. And it became very intense. It was very, very intense work. So I was like, you know what? I need to do something that it's my passion and my love, which is building community, which is helping up women in any way possible. So I start I started Women of Today with the mission that we're building a community to learn from each other. It wasn't about, you know, I remember when I started that like call Camilla McConaughey. I'm like, this is not about Camilla. This is about, you know, it's not about me going, hey, this is how I do things. You should do it like that too. It's more about I learned this way. It worked for me. Maybe it works for you. Maybe if it doesn't work for you, share with a friend, share with a family member. What have you learned and what can you share with us so we can learn from each other? Hola, hola. Thank you, my friends. Thank you for having the time to read my book on the way to Casa Lotus. But especially thank you for having the time to listen, to listen with an open heart and open ears. I don't take this for granted. Every second you give me is a gift for me. I get better and better and I work the muscle of forgiveness. I work actually all the muscles of gratitude, even of sadness. I'm willing to sit with emotions and project myself through you and my interviewing friend where I can really say, how can I apply this to my life and how can I be a better person? I hope my story is helping you. Is it? I would love listening to your story. Reach out. It's easy. Info at lorenajuncomargain.com. Tell me your story. We're a click away. That's part of the silver linings COVID has brought. So stay with me. Tell me what you think about this amazing episode. Un beso. Thank you. Like how 
how to identify when the watermelon is ripe. So you're very approachable and you can, you know, as a learner, I can, I can relate to you. And like, so I love that you're very real in what you share because sometimes some celebrities say, oh, you know, for a perfect face, do this. And there's no connection. It is non, not achievable. It's impossible to connect. You know, now we're going to circle back to what you asked me about the moral compass and how, you know, what, 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 you know, are my moral compass and how do I incorporate that into the business? You just gave a great example of what you share that you see people doing that, you know, for me, look, I'm not going to judge what people do. People do what they're going to do. It's fine. But for me as an individual, respect lays as a really big thing for me. And part of respect like right it's I don't want anybody to waste their time waste their money waste their emotional being waste their you know thoughts on things that are not realistic or not good for them so with women of today it's really about hey we're gonna you know the goal is that we learn from each other to try to to do better for ourselves our family and our community so even little things as you're talking about you know a simple little thing of watermelon you know, I, I cannot tell you how many people tell me like, oh, now I actually do. I didn't even like watermelon. I didn't even use watermelon. Now I go and I buy it and I use it and I do this for my kids. And now my kids and I, you know, sit there and we eat it together and we cook, you know, cut it together. Like little bitty things that really um, on the long term, I always talk about, you know, make consistent changes that you can stick to it because the Little changes that you do, if you do it consistent, they add up to big results. So doing things that are attainable that you can continue doing consistently, I think it's very important. I agree. And how can we participate in Women of Today? Is there, like, do you apply? What type of platform is it? So guys, it is super easy, okay? Um, all you have to do is go on the website, sign up for the newsletter because the, everybody that is signed up for the newsletter do get extra things that if you're not signed up, you don't get it in terms of information. Um, and that's really it. Be part of the community community on Instagram, on the, our Instagram account. Um, and we, right before the pandemic, we were doing a lot of things in person, right? So we were starting to doing events and interactions. We had a three-day event in Roundtop, um, you know, before the pandemic and all of that. And it's all very interactive and hands-on. But with everything that we got going on now, we had shifts doing things online. So throughout the whole, you know, quarantine, we were doing, you know, six days of exercise every day. And when I'm talking about exercise, it's not like, oh, let's pump, you know, iron. It was like things that anybody could do and meditation and you know, stretching and this and that. I mean, we did so much. We were doing private events, which again, only people that were part of the newsletter got to be part of it. Like we would do like, you know, an 80s session and everybody's dressed on 80s and we do workout, but at the end of workout, we all sit down and have conversations like we're having today. And everybody That's was sharing. Building, which is beautiful. I think you're helping us have a common thread where we're, um, I guess it's not limited to women or is it? No, and it's not limited to women, which, you know, a lot of times I go, oh, maybe we need to change the name because it's not just for women, right? But majority 
of our majority of our community is women, but we do have men as well that uh, that go in there and participate too. Uh, we did something with Easy Tiger and you guys, right? We did. Yes, which, I mean, during the pandemic, you. I mean, you just literally started a worldwide trend with the sourdough bread. I mean, you were so impactful. People felt that they could actually do something small, but keep it alive. The world was just so in the dark. We didn't know what was going to happen. And you every day gave us little tasks to do, like growing a garden, uh, feeding your starter. And I am very appreciative. You have impacted my kids in a very big way. I mean, when you give... Um, how to make easy trips. It's not like order 20,000 stuff. It's like, guys, you have it at home. Go in your pantry. So you're very down to earth and that is very relieving. I need to share a fun fact. I remember our friendship had recently started. This is many years ago. And you're like, Lorena, there's this antique show. It's brown top. And I'm like, sure, anything, decor, art, I'm in. And you pick up in like the most massive pickup truck <laughs> I've ever been I just crawled in there and I'm like you're driving and she's like yeah and I'm like okay and then like you're gonna put the stuff there like no one will carry it and you're like no and I'm like shit <laughs> she's for real she's a go-getter and I think people love that so I congratulate you for not being afraid for I mean, and for living the real experience, because then it can be very isolated. So it's so sweet that you share that story. Um, <laughs> that truck is huge. So for everybody listening, it's like, it's like the, the, the truck before you have to get a professional license for to drive a, what is it, a six, whatever, professional truck. I've never been one of those. And then you reverse park to load it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> This is, this is like uncommon. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is funny. But listen, you know, if I don't do it, right, then how I'm going to, I don't know. I always feel like I need to experience. I need to know. And I just don't even think about not doing it because if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to ask, tell somebody, hey, check this out or check that out. Like if I have an experience, how how am I going to tell you, you know what I mean? Like what I experienced with. And, and I, and I think again, it just comes, you know, like grew up in, you know, a family of farmers, you know what I mean? Like understanding the relationship, understanding the hard work, understanding, you know, I had to really make it on my own for many years, you know, like I had to kind of be fearless for a while. Like you think about it, you know, at age, you know, I know Lori just went away to Switzerland. Right. But like, and that's super hard, but like, I don't even know how I let my, it's impossible to think that my parents let me leave my, you know, my country at that age. And then I went and lived all over the world by myself at age, you know, 19. And, and I, again, I didn't speak the language, you know, I mean, I'm moving to Greece. I didn't, don't know anybody. I don't know the language. I don't know that, you know, and then by the time I leave, like I still have, I made great friends like that. I'm still friends with them today. Like well, now when I go back with my kids, my husband, we go and stay with them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's kind of a, I think that you just experience like it. a global citizen, right? You became like, friends with the world. 
Yeah, but I think that the more we experience, then we, the more we have to share. You know, it could be your experience in your backyard, right? Like, I'm always curious how people go and make, like, their whole world this, you know, their backyard, like, the garden and all of that. Like, I didn't grow up. I grew up in a city, even though I come from a farmer, right? Like, I didn't have, uh, in, in the big city, we didn't have a yard or, you know, it's just a apartment building. So, I'm like, you know, once I moved to the state and I had a yard, I'm like, okay, how do you how do you guys do that in the city? Because all I knew was farm, right? So big scale, like, right? So I'm like, how do we do it in small scale? And how do you do that? And like, all of a sudden, you know, I've learned from people and I just learned from, I went to the farmer's market and I just start asking people, who do you know? What did I, so I think that the more you learn from others and not have the fear of asking, you know, I have a lot of people sometimes goes, Oh, it's easy for you, you know, but well, you know, you're married to Matthew and, you know, you have access. And I said, you know what, for certain things, yes, it's easier in terms of you can get, it's, it might be easier to get somebody on the phone, but the reality is that if I can't pull off, if I can't do the work and if I can't pull it off, it's just a phone call. And so like, you know, even with the food business, I'm like, Matthew doesn't know anybody in the food business like that's not his world right I'm not trying to be an actress so it's very different the whole business of the food we went from when I partnered with my partner Agatha she was doing a shared kitchen doing you know every package by hand we took that business and went nationwide with Target you know 1500 it was 13 or 1500 stores 30 different SKUs all at once, like made, like on the main, like, you know, um, real estate in the store with a very small team. And that was all done by like just cold calling, researching, getting into it. You know what I mean? And people be like, you know, who, well, what do you want? What do you want to talk? Like people didn't know, they didn't care. You know, it's a world that's like, it doesn't matter. You just, can you do the job or not do the job? Correct. And something I admire from you and I've witnessed it is that you're not afraid to ask and to say, I do not know. Can you tell me how this works? Many people will never go that way and they need to assume they know everything. And I think that you're a curious mind, open to different um, ways and suggestions, and that makes it even stronger that you evaluate your standpoint and other standpoints. So that's like a very healthy balance. Yeah, I think you know what it is, Lynn? I think that a lot of people worry about status. They worry about how do I look? How do I, you know, oh, oh if I say this, if I ask that, I'm going to look like I don't know enough. I'm going to look like I'm not smart enough. I'm going to, you know, the, the people worry about status and they worry that their status will come down. And I, I, I just, I want to learn. I'm already about what can I learn? Again, going back to him and say, how can we learn? How can I know more? I'm, I am, I do have a very curious mind, which it can be annoying sometimes. <laughs> but, um, but I think that, you know, if people lose the fear of status, you actually end up getting more when you are worried about how things look or, or should be. Yes. So for example, if, if I have a, an amazing recipe, do I apply it and submit it through Women of Today? Or how is it that our friends that are listening? So in Mexico right now, we're podcast number two. And congratulations. Thank you. I would really love uh, having my Mexican heritage 
uh, slowly seep in into women of today. The Hispanic world is, you know, a very important population in the United States. Yes, and we have so many recipes already from Mexico and things that we talk about it. So I would love to also get some feedback for you guys to try it out and tell me, Camilla, no, okay, this is good, but you should do it like this or like that, or give me the thumbs up, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down kind of thing. Um, look, we make it very easy. You know, if, when you go on the website, you sign up for the newsletter, you can send an email to uh, info at womenoftoday.com. And you send an email, I, I, the whole, you know, the team sees it, I see it. Um, and if you send a recipe, we test it out. So we, we test everything before we share to make sure that it works, to make sure, you know, if, and if it's a recipe that is not too healthy, we try to make it healthier. Um, we take that as challenges as well. Listening, apply. It truly comes to life. Camila is super on top of it. Her team is solid. It's beautiful. I've personally witnessed it and it's just pretty amazing how truly connected you are to, to women of today. I mean, you've gone from different um, areas, you know, different spectrums. I witnessed you delivering meals to ladies that were in need and you were personally handing the, the food. I saw you participate with the police when they were having or still are having a severe crisis when the snowstorm, you were delivering uh, face masks. So I really admire how hands-on you are. Is there any ways you could tell us like, don't, free, don't be afraid of how to start, just do it. Or are there any steps you recommend or how to ask for help or understand what are the true needs of the community? What would you say about that? So I think that, you know, a lot of times people get freeze, they freeze up because they don't know what to do, right? Which we all do it. When this all started, I was like, oh my gosh, like I, I can, I, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, I gotta do that. And, and it was like, and then I couldn't do much because it was so much, you know, and I was like, pause, just stop for a moment. And what are the things that you can actually do? They can actually make a difference. So I think that even the smallest thing, can impact somebody in a big way. So the name of the foundation is the Just Keep Living Foundation. And it's after school programs on Title I schools. And, um, you know, one thing that we do, and we do a lot of things in our program, you know, I'll talk for hours. So if anybody wants to check it out, go on the website, check it out. But one thing that we do is we do community service. And, you know, it is 100% attendance when we do community service days. And some of those days, those kids have to be up at five in the morning, okay, to do these things. And Matt and I was like, well, what's going on, right? Like, that's like impressive. It's teenage kids to be up this early, do all those things. And they share with us that they go, listen, we have so little that we never thought that we could help anybody else. And by doing the community service, by giving their time, we realize, they realize that even, doesn't matter how much you have financially, you can donate your time, you can donate your kindness, you can donate uh, your knowledge, right? So it is so many things that can be done. So I think that really for somebody that's trying to do something, don't know where to start, just, you know, just start with what's right at your footsteps, you know, start with your community, look what it's needed. 
and understand that your time, a lot of, you know, your, your time, it's so precious. So if you don't have financial resources, donate your time. If you don't have time, maybe donate knowledge or donate kindness, you know, it's so many different ways. Yes. And I have, um, personally witnessed in different events, uh, especially at the MJNM, the, the fashion show you do, when you bring girls that tell their story and testify on how they started and then they, they truly graduated, they're into a music program. And it makes me smile because I'm Hispanic and uh, mostly it's a Hispanic um, audience, the ones that, that apply. And you truly bring the safety parameters, like it's a safer community, they bet highly on education and they follow through education, which normally they would just pull out. It's very true. So we're in schools that the dropout rate is really, really high. And the kids that participate on the Just Keep Living program, they all graduate, which is like, it's huge. Like we had no idea that that was going to be a, you know, an effect for, you know, we didn't start with graduation in mind. We started just let's prevent, let's keep them out of trouble out of the gangs, out of drugs, and they're graduating. We have kids that are in, in Harvard school, okay, that like Harvard University, they're in working in the White House, they're professional chefs, they're learning, and they all come back and share with us the story. It, it's beautiful. It, it really is beautiful to see. Congratulations. I mean, the, the job you have done is amazing, and I know your time is very valuable. I have just one last question. How do you find balance with so many things? How do you decide how to manage your time? Look, if anybody listening have a magic bullet for that, please send an email to info at womenoftoday.com. <laughs> because honestly, you know, it's, it's craziness. You know, I think that I've learned a few things. I've learned that, you know, organization is key, right? So I'm not a very organized person. I'm still learning. It's not my strength. I'm more creative. And I'm like, well, here or there, you know? So I have learned that organization, it's key. So like I have it in my household, a big calendar, right? That I have it, which I have like everybody's, uh, it's color coded. Everybody has different colors. And it's like one month. So then I have the two months in a smaller calendar so I could see and everybody in the household can see. So that's been a lifesaver for me. I also learned that it's okay to ask for help. I'm, you know, based on my story, as you learn, as we shared here, I'm very like independent and get it done and come on. Da -da. It's like I used to never ask for help. And I learned that it's okay to ask for help. And, and you don't have to feel responsible of taking care of every single thing. And then I also learned that it's okay to give yourself a break, to understand that, you know, it's not going to be perfect. And that the times where things don't work out the way that you want to work out, or you're not able to accomplish everything that you have, that you wanted to accomplish, that it's okay to give yourself a break as long as you're trying your best, you know? Yeah, that's very true. Um, my dad one told me like, hey, if you were dealt with a Ferrari, the Ferrari means nothing if you, if you don't have a good driver. Good drivers know when to stop and, uh, you know, when to refuel, when to turn right or left. And I think that's a good analogy on balance and um, understanding your role, your priorities and your capacities. So asking for help is definitely a, a big one. And um, I want to thank you because in my life you have been tremendous help. You've been an amazing friend. 
an amazing sounding board. You're honest as can be. You're not afraid of saying the truth. Few people are not afraid of saying the truth and do know that I see that. I appreciate it. And to all our listeners, please know that I'll attach all the links to the JK Living Foundation, womenoftoday.com, and let's support this amazing woman, which is only, if I can put her into words, she has the biggest, bravest, most loyal heart you'll ever meet. Camila, thank you for your amazing time, your amazing conversation. And I know you're lifting many, many people's hearts and there's a lot of wisdom behind your words. So thank you. Oh, thank you, my love. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you for being you too. And you have inspired so many as well in your journey. And your journey, the journey with, you know, writing the book, self-publishing the book, sharing your, being brave enough to share your story. Um, you know, it's, it really has inspired a lot. I, I want to tell you something that, you know, so women of today got some of the books, right? The paper forward box. And we were going to, you know, we wanted to gift to this retired, retired community, which early in the pandemic, we did a family bingo with them. I don't know if you saw that or not, but Matthew and the kids yeah. and mama bingo. And I was like, you know, I was reading the book and I was like, you know what, this could be a good one for, you know, because they're, they're so isolated now, right? So that could be a great way for them to spend their time and they do book clubs and all of that. So we actually have photos, which I'm going to send it to you. We have photos of them getting, and they have the cutest thing. They have a sign and they're, you know, they have a sign that says, you know, paying, uh, paying forward, um, on the way to paying forward, um, so what they're doing is they got it. They started, a, they, they're now going to start a book club with wow. the book. Okay. And for all their locations, they have 10 different locations in the United States. They're all getting the book as well. So they're now going to come in, purchase the pay forward box, and they're now going to keep it. So what they're doing is they're going to purchase the, the pay forward box. And then they're doing a little card and a book a book marker themselves to add to that box to then pay it forward to somebody else. They're going to give it to somebody else. Thank you. And do let them know that for every paid forward, a care kit is being donated right now through the Ronald McDonald house uh, to all the chronic ill patients and their caregivers. And it's had a tremendous effect. Uh, people are pretty lonely right now since they only accept one caregiver in the hospitals. So every dollar, every small detail is being um, forwarded into the, you know, the greater well-being of our community. So thank you for all yes. your- no, thank you for starting that because you see one little thing that domino effects into a bunch of things. And I know a lot of other people are doing that too. So thank you for being brave, for um, sharing your story. I know it's not an easy thing to do. You know, I'm I'm not that brave to share all of my story just yet. So speaking always behind my ears, so you are. <laughs> I, so, I, I heard you and I trusted you. So <laughs> no, so really, like you know, it, it's really amazing. Thank you for doing that. I thank you for being an amazing friend too. Um, you know, it's very inspiring to see you grow the way you you you're growing. You're growing out of you know the pain in blossoming into this beautiful message out in the world and I see how you do with your kids and you know just your whole family so so thank you for 
it takes a village and I'm very grateful for having you in my village. I always thank God for your presence in my life. My kids definitely see you as, as a role model. So thank you, especially my Lore. You know, she's like, she... Uh, I was like crying. Like I had to move away from the Zoom the other day when she was Zooming. I'm like... Oh, you know, that's your word. A lot of weight in our family and I'm forever grateful. So to all our friends listening, do know that Camila and I are on our way to an ever-evolving self. We're trying to make ourselves better to be better to our community all your suggestions please go on womenoftoday.com and please follow me on my way and if you have any topics that you would love to talk about or coming open with a topic that has not been spoken about please reach out reach out to both and let us be your amplifiers to make this a better world thank you so much and camila thank you obrigada Complicado, gracias, te quiero mucho. Thanks for listening to On My Way with Lorena Junco Magain. We'd like to invite you to send us your thoughts and any questions from this podcast by emailing Lorena at LorenaJuncoMargain.com. You can also reach out to us directly through our website by clicking the link in the show description of this podcast. Special thanks to executive producer Casey Helmick, studio engineer Joseph Olguin, audio and video editor Scott Caro. This podcast is a production of Terra Firma and recorded from the historic Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas.